This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1070. I am your host, Greg Audino, and in case you don't know, I am both an advice columnist and a certified life coach. I try to combine the intricacies of both these jobs when I answer your questions each Saturday, and we've got a good one to look at today. Before I get to today's question, I just want to remind you that you can send your own questions to me if you'd like help with them. Email me at advice at oldpodcast.com. Whether it's about relationships or not, I love offering support, new perspectives, and powerful questions you can ask yourself. And you'll definitely hear back from me. Your identity will be kept anonymous, and I will feature your question here if you'd like, as well as having an email exchange. But that being said, for now, we're going to jump into today's listener question and optimize your life. Something I'm struggling with a lot lately is my anxiety to start a big final school project. And because I avoid it, my anxiety gets worse and worse, and I'm tempted to avoid it even more. I'm dreading the deadline and what my instructor will say when I come back to school after five weeks of summer break with nothing done for it. Okay, thanks for sending this in, Asker. It's a good question. And, you know, I was tempted to share this one in the newsletter since it seems like a question that's more about an individual struggle and not pertaining so much to relationships. But the more I read it over, the more I realized that a big piece of this actually has a lot to do with relationships. I'll get to that in a bit, though. I'm going to split my answer in two here and start with the more practical stuff about actually starting on this project in spite of your anxiety. So. Most of the time when we're putting a big task off for a while, the anxiety arises from a lack of remaining time. Less time to work on it, more work that has to be squeezed in. Then the size of the task itself seemingly inflates because there's this idea of playing catch up. So we don't have the time to work slowly and steadily anymore. Now we have to spend like 12 hour days on this thing if we want to meet the quota we imagine for ourselves. So we start looking at it as one major lump of work We forget that it has many small assignments within it. We feel maybe guilty about not starting earlier. Starting now will only feel a little bit good because we'll still feel behind at the end of each workday, etc. It's a mess, lots of anxiety, only worsened by the fact that you have to answer to someone else for all of this, that being your instructor. I mean, you already know this, the listeners already know this, but I will just state the obvious and remind you that you can't get that time back. You've already lost time on this, and there's no changing that. It has to be accepted. So let's recalibrate. Let's get here right now and work with however much time left that you've got. There's no other choice. (laughs) So I think your first step is to treat this thing as if you have a lot of time. 
and break it down into very small chunks. We need to bust out of this mentality that it's this daunting task that all needs to be done at once, focusing only on the final result. Now, you could apply this to most any daunting task in life. Let's say, uh, let's talk about going to the gym. You know, going to the gym isn't just going to the gym, right? It's standing up. You can do that. It's putting on workout clothes. You can do that. It's walking to the car. You can do that. And on and on. Those who can't find motivation to go to the gym and see it as an overwhelming chore are best suited to focus on it this way, one little step at a time, accomplishing one little step. So, what's every little step required in your project? Try visualizing the end result, just visualizing it, and then working backwards to pinpoint each subtask that got you there. Once you do that, you can start digging a little deeper and thinking about how you might tackle each step. Ask yourself questions like, are these steps linear? Can I move them around? Can any steps be paired together so I can work on two tasks at once? What steps are the most fun? What steps do I have the resources to start with already? What steps can I get help with? So the idea is to understand what you have to do and recognize that it isn't one big chore that needs to be overcome all at once. And once you can do that, and ask yourself questions like those, you can then put a plan together that provides the easiest start possible for you. Yes, the easiest. In every which way, we are always looking to conserve time and energy. Make this start easy on yourself. And then the momentum and satisfaction from getting the ball rolling will make the work feel more natural and more seamless, slowly becoming a thoughtless part of your routine. Like anything that's repeated enough, it will start to feel increasingly normal. This is usually beneficial in situations like this, but sometimes that can also get people thrown into prison too. So, strategize an easy start for this, comprised of scheduled, bite-sized steps. Some things that can help you with this would be committing to a small amount of time first, at the same time each day, maybe working between even 5 and 5.30 each day for a week, just a half an hour, then going from there, or even less time than a half an hour if you need, just to start. Having accountability buddies, my favorite word, fake word, also helps a lot. You know, we all take on the habits of those around us and are most easily held accountable with other people in the mix, so maybe you can start staying in touch with or working with your peers who have to do the same project that you do. And another great tip in the spirit of easiness is to have your materials or workstation laid out front and center wherever you're living. It'll always be easiest to jump into your work with your stuff right in front of you rather than like buried deep in the closet. So that should all be a good start for you in terms of getting the routine going. Most of these suggestions are derived from a lot of the leading habit research and what conclusions researchers have come to about how to start and keep habits. Luckily, that's an area of study that most people seem to be in total agreement over, uh, which is always nice for everyone else who wants to learn from it. Next is this relationships business that I mentioned at the beginning. And I won't spend too much time here, but I think you're looking at a really good opportunity to get a step ahead of your fellow students and lean into something that none of us really recognize until we're out of school. Now, the truth of healthy adult relationships, personal and professional, which as a student can be best compared to the relationship that you'd have with your instructor, is that there's a difference between telling someone you're trying to find a solution to something you're struggling with and telling someone that you don't care. 
A worker should be encouraged to go to their boss or employer and tell them that they're struggling with something and that they would like their help with finding a solution. This is a healthy amount of vulnerability regarding work performance, and it's for the good of everyone except the worker's ego. A good employer or boss will appreciate this and help them to find a solution. The same should be true for students. Your instructor understands the stress that their students are under, and you needn't feel trapped, as if you can't go to them looking for help to start your project. Now, I can't guarantee that they'll have healthy recommendations or patience, but you have an opportunity here to reach out if you want and let them know that you're taking the project seriously, but that you're still feeling a little lost. A good instructor will be understanding of this, as it's their responsibility to foster your ability to have strong social interactions at work, not just get assignments done in a timely fashion. Relationship dynamics are a huge part of work, and they often aren't learned until you get there. So this situation definitely falls under that umbrella. You can harvest these skills while you're still a student, step out of subservience, and come to your instructor as a fellow adult who's looking to solve a problem rather than a child who doesn't want to be scolded. You'll be miles ahead of your, of your peers if you do something like this. Again, you don't have to, but it's an option. And you can't guarantee, like I said, you can't guarantee that they'll do their job right and be understanding with you, your instructor that is, but you can build the habit of showing concern devotion, and honesty with a superior. If I were teaching a class and a student came up to me like this with a willingness to fix the problem rather than avoid it, I would be thrilled. All right, we sure got through a lot today. Thanks again to the asker for sending in such a wonderful question. I really hope this helped. And as far as relationships are concerned, I hope it offered all of you guys a chance to Rethink the roles that other people might be playing in what feel like personal pressures. So many of our actions affect other people, especially at school or in the workforce. And rather than falling into the common personal relationship habit of holding our troubles in, it often does us good to consider what these other people might want from us, how they may be trying to support us, and how we can actually work with them to show them we care, while at the same time showing them that we're having a hard time. There is so much space for that, which we often don't use, unfortunately. That is it for today, though, folks. Thanks so much for staying with me for this longer episode. I hope you liked it, though, and I hope you'll come back tomorrow where I will be back narrating and we'll have a post from Prospect Therapy. That's where your optimal life awaits. <laughs>